0: Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. Welcome back to another episode of Actors With Issues. As always, I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Today, we are joined by a triple threat performer, creative, and teacher who has performed in regional productions of Cats, Newsies, Grease, Gypsy, and Footloose, and he just wrapped up the national tour of Escape to Margaritaville as the show's dance captain in Swing. Please welcome Mr. Trent Soyster. Trent, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm great. How are you?
0: Good, good. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. It's a cold December afternoon here in the
0: city. (laughs) So we are going to start with a game called Getting to Know You. It's uh, 60 seconds on the clock and we'll see how many of these rapid fire questions you can get through. And we'll start with coffee or tea? Coffee. Stage acting or screen acting?
1: Stage acting.
0: Hero or villain? Villain. Drama or comedy? Comedy. What actor has had the biggest influence on you?
1: What actors
0: had the biggest influence on me?
1: Um, dancer Ryan Steele.
0: Oh, good choice. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is the last show that you binge watched?
1: Uh, Sex Lives of College Girls. Well, it's not totally done yet, but I'm, it's almost <laughs> all the way out.
0: Uh, who is your dream co-star?
1: Dream co-star... My best friend, Sammy Williams.
0: Uh, your go-to audition song?
1: Um, I Normally between two. If it's a like golden age, almost like being in love from Brigadoon. If it's an up-tempo, um, oh my gosh, I haven't gone through my audition book in so long. Um, <laughs> uh, learning to let go.
0: And last question, describe your most memorable audition in three words and memorable can mean good or bad. So that's up to you.
1: Memorable. In three words, um, heels <laughs> tripping, um, <laughs> curtain.
0: Oh, was it kinky boots?
1: It wasn't actually, no. it was no, it was for this, this gig that one of my teachers was doing, um, and it was like a commercial dance piece, so I was gotcha. in heels and i was in ripley greer and you know those like how they have those um like curtains that block the windows from seeing to the outside Mm -hmm. there was six counts of eight of improv six counts of eight so i like at one point was like using the curtain as like a prop (laughs) and like costume it was sort of all over the
0: place
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then kaput onto the floor (laughs) it was wild
0: so Trent, were you one of those kids growing up who was super shy and needed the arts to break out? Or did you have a wild imagination that needed an outlet?
1: I think I think the latter. I was definitely, I knew that I was creative from a young age and I knew that I, I just wasn't really into the whole like sports and athletic thing. It was mm. just, and I did give it the good try, but like <laughs> it, it was just so clear from the get-go that it was not gonna be my thing. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, there's, there's stories of like, ask anyone in my family of me on like our family beach trips, like in the apartment, making up shows to make my cousins do like, it truly went back as far as I can remember. So I definitely think, um, you know, I've always had the creative brain and, Mm -hmm. and the arts were, and specifically musical theater were sort of an outlet for that, um, to come through.
0: It sounds like you and me would have been best friends because I was also torturing my poor cousins and being like, let's play. Like if we just watched Hocus Pocus, we're now grabbing mops and broomsticks and a blanket. (laughs)
1: 100%. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. So did Disney also have a big influence on you? Because I feel like as like anyone right now from like 20 to 30, if you grew up with Disney and are an actor that also had like a huge influence
1: Yeah, it did. And it's funny, I had some family who lived sort of in the Orlando, like adjacent area. So Mm -hmm. even like the actual Disney parks were a big part of me growing up. Um, And just sort of a part of like my family's story and just how um, it was just like a big thing for us. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, Disney definitely had an impact. And now having so many close friends work somehow (sighs) involved in the Disney company. It's so interesting to see like you know sort of the other side of like what the magic is behind behind the curtain and behind the scenes um but yeah disney was a totally a big influence for me for sure
0: and then when is it that you had that turning point that you're like i want to be an actor as a career
1: yeah i mean i think that I think probably it was pretty early I and you know what I actually don't know if it's ever just been like I want to be an actor and that's the only thing I want to do I do a lot of like associate and assistant directing and choreography work I've done some regional choreography gigs as sole choreographers so there is I think I knew I wanted to make the entertainment industry my living and that I wanted to pursue in general entertainment as a mm-hmm. uh, you know as a career and a lifestyle. Um, But I don't actually think it was ever like, I must be a dancer, singer, actor, and that's it. It's always sort of been like, and if there's a show that can use an associate choreographer, let me do that. Or you need a dance captain, or you need a whatever it is. Um, It's always sort of been like broad in that way, which Mm. has actually been great for me, especially like as a young person in the city, for sure.
0: Um, I, I mean, I always ask folks like what titles they want in their intro and whatnot. And you wrote creative. And to me, that's always like, immediate like oh they're a multi-hyphenate like there's too many things to fit (laughs) so they just do creative
1: yeah it feels like it feels like it encompasses sort of all the things that I love to do you know and I think I actually went to school um to begin with as a directing major I was in the directing program at Pace University here in New Mm -hmm. York for two years um And so that being said, like back to your previous question, I even went to college to begin with not thinking I was just going to be like actor Trent. I sort of knew from the get-go, like there were going to be a lot of avenues and paths to take. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. So, so a director, choreographer, teacher, sort of all encompassing in the word creative, I think.
0: Yeah. And I think it's super important for every actor to, take a directing class and to direct something and also vice versa for every director to take an acting class. Cause they need to know how to achieve what it is they're looking for. Cause when a director says like, I need more of this, I need X, Y, and Z. It's like, they need to know that process. And I think it's super, yeah. it's g- very smart of you to pursue all of these different things within the same industry. Cause then it's like, you just have more revenue, you know, more, um, channels of revenue like sort of coming your way to sustain you but also just like fulfill you creatively it makes so much sense
1: yeah it totally yeah I mean thanks I appreciate you (laughs) saying that it's it's also like not in. there's no like to be a choreographer to be a director you must do this and not to say that there is it as an actor or as a dancer in any way shape or form but it does feel a little more you go into the audition room, you get your appointment, you sing your song, you do your dance, you either get the job or not. Right. And on the creative side of things, it feels a little more like who might you be connected to? What rooms have you already worked in? What theaters know you? What? And so it feels a little more um, networky. Uh, mm. And I actually like hate the word network, but a little more like based on relationships that you've made yeah. with people. Um, so it does become a little trickier to get those types of gigs. So you know, as an actor who also does that, I actually feel like the circles start to overlap more. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've worked with this music director on this project and now I'm singing for them at an audition and it just sort of flows because I've been in different rooms with different titles.
0: Yeah, it's it really is the best way to, and I also hate the word networking. I hate it. I hate the whole the concept of it. I'm like in COVID, I, I used to network these days still. Um, everything's on Zoom, like right now. Yeah, and it's uh, even like
1: <laughs> the word itself just feels so... Um, like social climbing and I Mm. hate that I'm like to me if I no matter who it is like it could be literal Dennis Jones of Broadway or it could be like a professor at school or a colleague in a show that I'm in like to me it just feels like making those relationships and those personal connections with people I just like that better I don't Mm. like the word network it's gross (laughs) it's icky
0: uh, looking back, if you could give your younger self any advice, is there anything that comes to mind? Like, what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I was always pretty good about like, almost to a fault, of like, I know what I want and like eyes on the prize, go and get it. Hmm. But I think it's so much. It's it, it's so much to the point where like, I have a very specific idea of like how it might happen or like how the path to get there might, what that might look like. Mm. Um, and I would love to just be like, hey, little trend, chill out. Like it's gonna happen and it's actually not gonna be at all what you expect it to be and that's okay. And to like lean into that discomfort of like, it potentially could be, you know, a completely different side of the table, so mm. to speak, or it could be a completely different show that you didn't even know was happening and it's a new work and now it's like been the highlight of your creative journey so far, like things, that seem so unexpected um, tend to have been the things that like I have enjoyed working on most of all. So I'm very much a perfectionist. So if it doesn't go my way, I get all up in a tizzy and I get flustered about it. Um, and I, I wish I would just be like, it's going to happen and it's going to be okay, and you're going to be able to figure it out. Uh, and it's not going to be what you expect it to be. So like the expectations just are gonna be what they're gonna be.
0: Uh, so with Escape to Margaritaville, uh, you just wrapped up the production. You guys were on tour for 12 weeks. Yeah, Is that how long it was? Yeah. yeah,
1: this this leg of the tour.
0: What was the whole experience like getting for you to perform around the country with with this company? Were you involved in the tour before this leg of it or no?
1: Yeah, I was. So I actually, um, it sort of loops back into my college and, and my collegiate experience. I booked the tour my junior year of college, uh, which was the spring of 2019. And I sort of was in this place in school where I didn't know, I had transferred into the musical theater program and, and I had a minor in commercial dance and sort of, I was like feeling really good about my educational journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this, this gig just happened to sort of land at the most unexpected time. Again, everything is unexpected. Um... And at the time I was like, you know what? And I I was going to have to do an extra year of school because I I made a transfer to a different program two years late. Mm. So I essentially was going to have to graduate in 2021, as opposed to my original class of 2020 anyway. So I sort of looked at it as this opportunity of this just happened to fall in my lap sort of take the opportunity and run with it. So I left for the tour in August of 2019 and I did the first six months of the run. So obviously until COVID hit hit in March of 2020. Um, And then at that point they had sort of offered some potential extensions for another few months of the tour. But at that time I was like, I'm gonna go back to school in the fall. I'm just gonna sort of go back to New York and see, you know, what else might pop up, finish senior year, all that's great. COVID happens. Uh, COVID obviously lasts longer than anyone had expected, still living in it today, and it's almost 2022. Um, And so I think, so I went back to school and I finished senior year online, and then they circled back around with an offer to take over as dance captain and the swing for the male ensemble. Uh, And it was sort of just it was sort of like an obvious yes for me. I had Mm -hmm. always, I I sort of knew that I wanted to live in the dance captain world and I actually had never swung before. So it was the first time swinging on a professional job. I did a little bit in college, but um, never actually on a real gig. So it was really interesting and really amazing to get to learn that uh, in a company that I felt so supported by and that I also just like had been around for so long. Um, And it was also my first professional dance captain credit. I had done it all throughout college and but never again on a real gig. So that was a great experience getting to learn, getting to learn on the job in in a safe environment for sure.
0: I've had a few other folks who have been swings on tours or on Broadway on the show. And um, I'm not a dancer in the slightest. Uh, I went to like a drama program. (laughs) They didn't have anything musical theater related, unfortunately, but like some local companies helped with that whole, with that sense of uh, that side of training and whatnot. Um, And to me, it just seems so daunting being a swing because you're not just so for those who may not know um understudies traditionally are under they're in the ensemble and they're understudying a principal role in the show and then the swing is the understudy for the understudy (laughs) yeah Uh, for the ensemble basically so when the understudy goes on they're then stepping into that spot um yeah so and it's almost always multiple people it's multiple tracks and can be a lot so I mean, do you have any advice for any young dancers out there who might end up being a swing one day since this was your first experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, it's a crazy, it's a crazy wild thing. Um, Swings are typically offstage covers, like you mentioned. So should an ensemble member be out of the show or should someone get hurt or any of anything really happens to anyone in the show uh by default a swing would be in because either the cover would be in for the principal or you're in a direct replacement of the track that's out um I would say you know you can only do so much preparation and for me I fell into the trap of like over analyzing my paperwork and overthinking um you know, actually our associate Andrew Turtletod said something really brilliant in rehearsal to me and one of our other swings. He said, trust the writing, trust the writing, trust what that what you wrote down is, is correct. Because I would get into this trap of like, did I hear that right? Am I on number eight or number 10? Like, but ultimately like trust what you wrote down because you were in the room, Like, and that was really great advice. Um, so I would say trust the writing and also trust your preparation. Like, you can study the paperwork so much and you can dance it on its feet and you can dance it with other swings and trust that that work is gonna show up when you actually get thrown into the show. Because there are a thousand things that you can't rehearse beforehand, like quick changes and where you get props from and where do you hand off a prop and where does am I gonna get hit by this set piece or when is this curtain coming in and I have to be upstage of the midstage drop? Like things like that, that you literally just can't practice. Um, that's gonna be at the forefront of your brain when you're actually in the show for the first time and in a new track for the first time. So I think like preparing what you can do, but know that like, it's never gonna be perfect. Um, And it's never gonna, you're always gonna be like, I wish I had one more chance to perfect that track or I wish I had one more chance to do this show. And for me, I did six out of my eight tracks that I covered. I covered eight ensemble tracks um, (laughs) in the tour. And I performed six out of the eight in just 12 weeks. So also just know that like it happens more often than you think. And I I had a professor at school say that he was stage managing or a stage manager on Wicked on Broadway for a while. And he said out of his three years with the show about maybe a total of 16 weeks total was the full company in the show total mm. performances over three like 16 total weeks and I found that so fascinating but then doing it myself I was like wow there are always someone's I'm always out someone has a injury someone has a vacation like vacation paid vacation things like that um mm. that I felt like I was always in the show which is great and I loved it but but it really is it's a beast of a job
0: yeah God, I can't even imagine, but uh, kudos yeah. to you for doing it. I mean, six. bravo. Six out of your eight tracks in only, again, in only 12 weeks. That's wild. In only but, 12
1: weeks. Yeah. I think yeah. I came in at like 23 performances out of 80 some.
0: Wow. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's I think
1: it also has to do with the, like, the muscle of, you know, we're coming back into something that we haven't done for so long. And so totally. not everyone isn't as, and no one sh- expects them to be completely eight shows a week ready after 18 months of doing nothing, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that had a factor of it. Uh, you know, we also had out-performances of once every four weeks, you you earn an out-performance. So use them, you know, why not? Yeah. So there, there were other factors that went into it, but I definitely think like getting back into the swing of it was a lot harder for, for everyone, um, both behind the scenes and on stage for sure.
0: hey everyone if you're enjoying today's episode so far please do us a big favor and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you're listening and leave us a rating and review you can also head over to instagram and give us a follow at actors with issues believe me reviews ratings and follows really help us out and get our show out there to help more people actors and artists who are looking for advice from professional working actors be sure to also share the podcast with any of your friends and family that you think would enjoy the show as always, thank you for all of your support. Now let's get back to the show. So I always ask our guests about what misconceptions that they eventually were able to debunk or where all of a sudden we're just like made aware for them because there is so much misinformation and like dated info about the entertainment industry and everyone in our lives who knows nothing about it feels that they know everything. Yeah. So, in terms of success, what Mm -hmm. is a misconception that you have sort of like lifted from that?
1: I mean, I think the biggest one probably being that, like, success, whatever success in whoever's definition of success, whatever it is to you that like the person who is successful has like figured it out or like Mm. has, has some enlightened experience on like why and how they made it to where they are. And in my experience, it's truly been like everyone that I've worked with has been, you know, they've either just worked super hard and talent, talent, plus, you know, being in the right place at the right time and showing up consistently great things are bound to happen. Um, But I actually don't think that there's ever a time when you're like, ah, here's the right way you need to go about it. Or here's how you can get here. Um, Because ultimately, like, there are only so many Broadway contracts. Womp womp. There are only so (laughs) many national tour contracts. Womp womp. There are only so many guests tv series you know guests guest uh stars there's only so many series regulars there's only so many jobs to be had Mm -hmm. and I think like once I realized that it was less about like oh my gosh am I good enough am I doing the right thing and more about like I know that there's only a few slots and truly someone's job might not be up for like six months from now so like just chill out and just like pump the brakes because I used to send myself into a frenzy thinking like if i'm not on broadway by the time i'm 25 if i'm not on x y or z um and it really never is going to work out the way that you could even possibly think about it working out and that's actually been really great to lean into and to lean into the like the unknown of well, I don't know what's going to happen, but they also don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I have friends on these amazing TV shows and on Broadway shows and on these great national tours and, like, all over the place. Mm. And they're all like, I didn't know how, I had no idea this was going to happen. So it really is, like, yeah, it's just about, like, slowing down and and knowing that, like, doing the work and showing up consistently is always, it's always going to benefit you. Maybe even if it's not, like, immediately, I also am like, I love immediate gratification. I think it's my generation. I think it's like everything. I'm like, I want it now, 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 now. Right. Um, And this industry is so not like that. It's like, you might wait five years to be in another show. I, even as of right now, like, I don't have another performing gig lined up. Like, so when I went into the show, our last week of performances was November. We closed November 21st. um, And I had... Gone in on Wednesday and Thursday evening before we closed on Sunday, and I knew Thursday night was going to be my last show. uh, Mainly just because like there were five more shows, and it's the closing of the tour, and all the creative team was coming back to see it, and Jimmy Buffett. Like it wasn't like anyone was going to call out. Right. So I knew that my my last performance in the show was going to be that Thursday, Um, and it was so interesting to not know like. And I still don't know the next time that I'm gonna perform, that I'm gonna have a job uh, as an actor which is, or as a dancer, which is an interesting space to be in, given that I sort of always thought that Margaritaville would be there. And now the tour is closed um, and it's almost 2022. And I joined that show when I was 29, in 2019. So it's it, it is interesting. It's an interesting place to be in for sure as an actor just not knowing what's next.
0: Yeah. And that's like the game. That's, that's the constant thing we're in. Even when you're in the middle of a job, like I know so many people who, you know, if they'll book a co-star on a show, it's usually like a one day gig. And when they're there, they're like, Oh, I don't want to stop doing this. Like, when's the next one? And it's like, well, buckle up, sweetheart. Cause I, <laughs> cause like Absolutely. I have, yeah. Cause like, I'm very fortunate that I have a great management team and I've been able to audition a lot um, on the TV side of things, but I haven't booked since January 6th that was like the last gig I had and it's almost January 6th again so right. it's just like okay how do we fill in the time how do we take more classes take workshops keep auditioning you know do what you like have to do because you have to fill that time with
1: yeah I mean I, I feel especially grateful that you know coming right out of school um well, even while I was still in school I, I had booked this tour that at the time was open-ended run so we didn't know when there was going to be a closing and then went into pandemic and knew on the other side of the pandemic that I would have a job mm-hmm. um, and now it's i've graduated school is over the the job is over um and you know that's not to say that little gigs haven't popped up and that i'm not just staying creative but it, but like as for long open ended contracts i don't know when the next one's come in i i right. but then again like my phone could ring in five minutes and i could book something else <laughs> yeah. um so it really is like staying sane between the with all the unknown and with the uncertainty um especially like pan, in pandemic times like mm. there are so many unknowns of like how many shows can can a, can a theater even do in their season like how many contracts are even available um? So yeah, it's it's finding ways to stay creative is is hugely important. And for me, I'm grateful that I found sort of the other side of the table for that and to keep me, you know, in the room assisting an associate for all of these really cool people that other ultimately like I might not be dancing up on stage, but still getting to be in the room and getting to sort of watch and oversee and observe the work of not only the performers, but the creatives as well.
0: Um I've learned so like so much again, congrats on, on getting to finally be in the tour, um, after so much time and, and for all the success that you had, um, during it, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to wrap up with our final game. It's called now that we know you, it's not rapid fire. So don't worry about getting answers out quick. Okay. And we'll start with, uh, fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be.
1: If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be, I think a teacher of some sort, I think, I think, I think a teacher of some sort, probably like on some coast town, maybe in (laughs) New England, maybe in California, I don't know. Um, But I, I also really love teaching and I've been very fortunate to to get a lot of teaching gigs while I was on the road. And Mm. I teach at two studios, um, just to also like stay creative and fill my days. Mm. And so I've, I've really, I love teaching. I think like having that experience uh, for me as, as a young creative person and as a, as a young actor, um, has really like helped me sort of form my like, style of teaching and style of even, like, choreography and Mm -hmm. and as a director, too, um, just to be as, like, clear and concise as possible. So, a teacher of some sort is the short answer.
0: Uh, What's the best advice you've ever gotten?
1: Best advice I've ever gotten? Honestly, I think, like, this is for my mom, but she always, I always get super sad when I'm closing a show and I'm always, oh. or or like super sentimental. And like, that's just who I've always been. I always had the post-show like blues of, mm-hmm. of, and it really is so real even as a professional and like as a, as a young adult, I'm like, I still get that. Like, you know, when you close your middle school, like play and everyone's like <laughs> sobbing afterwards, that's still me, cut to me literally last week, closing <laughs> the tour. Um, and I would say, you know, it's actually a beautiful thing. And and it means that like you left a little piece of your heart and your soul doing that thing. Um, and I really love that. I love that sentiment that like pouring your entire self into something is a beautiful thing. And then to, to be able to, to close it and put it on the shelf and know that like, it'll always be a part of you, have you put some, something, some part of your energy and self into it. Um, it's just like such a beautiful thing especially with the arts i think it's like so so special um and like after pandemic times to get to share space with other people again mm-hmm. has been the the greatest blessing
0: and similarly what's the worst advice you've ever gotten ooh um worst
1: advice You know I think the worst advice would probably be like and I'm not necessarily sure I like heard this from someone but I think the worst advice is like just like push through something that doesn't feel right especially in the arts like to just like put your head down and like tune everything out and and mm-hmm. and and stay blind to things that are happening um because it'll like get you further. I think that's like the worst thing ever. I think so often as young people, we get so nervous about like, well, if I call someone out on their crap, or if I like bring something to light, or if I X, Y, Z fill in the blank, then like, it's going to hurt me down the road. And ultimately, like, if I do bring something up, or if I do want to have a conversation about something, and the the folks behind the table or whoever aren't interested in having that conversation, then I don't want to be in that room anyway. Hmm. And, and like, whatever, it might be like the coolest new TV show or a feature film or at someone's ninth Broadway show. Like if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. Um, And I do think that that's a misconception of like, you have to just sort of like play the game quote unquote, but like, no, you don't. You have total control over your autonomy as a as a human and and like what and sort of what purpose the work you're doing serves um
0: yeah yeah completely agree it's definitely something that thankfully is changing in the industry people are being less afraid and and less uh punished for speaking up and especially in yeah. days that there are like threats of of industry shutdowns because of union and negotiations um and with movements like me too and time's up it's like you have to speak up and you have to like defend yourself and like you said if that's the type of room that you walk into do you really want to work with those people for the next three months to three years depending on what the project is? like it right you have to set standards for yourself and for other people yeah totally agree
1: totally yeah
0: yeah lastly in 10 words or less what advice would you give to young actor
1: i think just take every opportunity to be in as many rooms as possible. Mm. Um, In any way, if you can literally be a fly on the wall and observe a creative process, you will learn so much. Um, And if you're lucky enough to get to be on stage or to get to be behind the table in some way, like you will truly learn more than you think you can. Um, And just to be a sponge to as much information as you can because it will serve you in the end.
0: Awesome. Well, Trent, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, where can folks find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow?
1: They can find me at tscott8 on Instagram. Uh, and there's a link to my website and you can find all the fun things on Instagram. <laughs>
0: And you all can follow us on Instagram at Actors With Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. Be a doll and leave a rating and review and catch new episodes every Monday. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors With Issues, and we'll see you next week.